they thank God for what God has done to us as individuals and as a family, as a church. Now, in talking about this, we look at what God gave to us as a vision last year and how much we have achieved, how God has helped us to achieve those visions. All our missions around the globe. And then we look at our individual lives. The requests we presented before God last year, January. And how God had met up with the requests. And gave us fulfillment. Jesus taught us to give thanks. And so having considered all this, to the best of our knowledge, we thank God. One of the machinery that we put in place for us to be able to be articulate in this Thanksgiving is that the last seven days of the year, we started praying into the first three days of this year. And in the last seven days of the year, we went through what God gave us each month for last year. And, um, and we began to thank God for it. Now, when we enter the first three days of the year, we now begin to look at our vision for this year. And the reason why we look at our vision for this year is because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But it didn't stop there. He said, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So for the first three days, we have been looking at our vision up till today that we pray every day as people gather in New Cross and here on a daily basis to pray. Now, for us to be able to have a, 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 a correct grasp of the vision, the Bible says in the book of Habakkuk, make the vision plain so that Herod may run with it. Now, in our calendar is our vision for each month, beginning from the fact that God told us that this year will be the year of transformation. And he gave us the scripture, Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. He that seated on the throne says, I make all things new. Now, and then God gave us um, a watchword or a direction for each month of the year in line with the annual vision, which is transformation. And one thing the Lord emphatically told us this year is that none of us should miss out from it. Failure is not promised by God to a believer. We went through this in the book of Deuteronomy 28. And we saw from verse 1 to verse 14, how many times God continued to say, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. But we recognize that having God said that, blessing or I will, you will prosper. We recognize that prosperity is not talking about money, just money. Money is part of it. But prosperity, we found out in the scripture, is every blessing that God has. So we looked at the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 which says that God had richly blessed us in the heavenly places with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And we also found out from that <clears throat> scriptures in the book of Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14, 
<clears throat> that all these promises of God has conditions attached. And the conditions attached are so simple, which has been reaffirmed in the gospel by Christ himself and also in the epistles. Now, having said all this, therefore, we have a direction before God and we also understand what our obligations are as God's children so as to fulfill the promises that God has given to us. Now, that is what stems up to the topic I'm teaching you right now, which is walking in victory. Walking in victory. Today, what my, my, where my mind steered into is, under walking in victory, we're going to be looking at living for Jesus in the last days. When we looked at walking in victory, as we started in the week, one of the interesting things is that we recognize that the Bible says, in the book of 1 Corinthians 15, 15 57, but thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, he gives us victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. That scripture connotes quite a lot. The first information in that scripture is that. Thanks be to God because we fight every day. Because there is no victory without battle. So I help you to understand that. Every one of you should know this as believers. If you are a child of God. You will go to fight. Alright. But the Bible says. Before the battle. Victory has been determined. That is another thing you must not forget. So, if any one of you is going to a battle of life, don't worry about it. Because before your battle showed up, the Bible tells me, the Father has ordained victory. Because it says, thanks be to God, who always, or he gives us, which is present continuous sense, victory. So, if you condition your mind this year, with understanding, you will have no fear for any battle that you will go through. Now, if you think you will be you will be free from battle in this world, I can guarantee you until you enter your grave, the devil will continue to battle you. Because he did so to Jesus Christ as well. But understand this. That's what God says, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our, Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know there is there's going to be battle. But victory has been determined. But why do some Christians fail in battle? It's because to be victorious in battle, the Bible says it, the, the channel has to be through Jesus. Alright? It has to be through Jesus. Because thanks be to God who gives us victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So whenever Christians do not operate through Christ, they fail. Alright? Whenever Christians do not operate through Christ, they fail. In any area of your life that you do not operate through Christ, you just fail. Now, we recognize also that Ephesians chapter, chapter 1 verse 3 says, All these promises God gave us in the Bible are embedded in the heavenly realm with God. That is the realm of heavens where God abode. Now, if all the spiritual blessings are in heaven, God says that we have been richly blessed by God, 
in the heavenly places. It means, therefore, that for a Christian to manifest on earth whatever God had prepared in heaven, that Christian must be able to access heaven through Christ. I'm saying this because I want to show you the reason why believers... My investigation over the period I told you, and I said you should investigate God this time. We are investigating God in this house. Investigating God means we are applying every understanding we have to establish the truth about God. That is the word investigation. Now, I said to you, in the book of Acts, chapter 4, if you read from verse 30, people like you and I prayed after they were persecuted and the building was shaken, but there was no deformation of structure. Now let's look further. In chapter 8 of Acts, a member of the church was escaping for his life and he went to a godless city. Last year we were in Israel and we are going to be there also this year. And one man, who is not a minister of God, just a member of a church, started witnessing to one person, then two people, then three people, then four people. And the whole city by evening was turned upside down by a member of the church. So, miraculous signs and wonders was not attested only to the apostles. Of course, no one can claim to be an apostle without such testimony. Because it is the manifestation, according to Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says the signs of apostle is wrought among you. So, to be an apostle is not a lambast by somebody. It is a manifestation that proves the calling, which is signs and wonders. But we recognize that in the church of Acts, it's not only the apostles that were operating in power. Philip operated in power. We'll further read in the Bible that the daughters of Philip were prophets. You know what I'm hyping us to understand? This year, no more games playing for any Christian. It's either you manifest or you just leave this world and go. Okay? We have had enough mess around the world. All this turbulence, persecution we're having Christians all over the whole place. The church of God must rise up in the power allocated to it originally and confront all these devils. And that's what God is saying this year. Philip turned Samaria upside down. But if you go further, in the same chapter 8, you read from verse 25. The Bible says after Philip had finished his operation, an angel appeared to Philip. Come on now, if angel appeared to Philip, why can't many Christians see angels is there? Why is it that testimonies about this is just among few of us? Something is wrong. That is what we are dealing with today. Philip was not an ordained minister. An angel spoke to him. The Bible says an angel appeared to him in a broad daylight and gave him instruction. If you keep going further in the book of Acts, in chapter 9, the church was praying because of their persecutor. And their prayer went to the throne of grace. And Jesus himself came down and appeared to Paul. I was speaking to some ministers yesterday. We have to pray 
to the place where the angel of God will appear to the head of Isis. Yeah, that was what Paul was. Paul was leading a gang of people who killed Christians. You know, thank God for our brother who spoke about this mission in, in, um, in Nigeria. A good number of you, if not every one of you, that is, every one of you, especially those who just joined the church a few weeks, know that we are involved. I told you sometime last year when I was going to visit that section. Because in Abuja, we have a school for Chibok children. We have over 600 of them that we take care of. We feed them daily. The school in, our, in the school attached to the church. We send clothes from here all the time to them. We send money to help them. And I, God's willing, that minister in charge of that section, we expect him in the anniversary this year. And I told you, we also have a land at um, Nasarawa, which is our entrance into the northern region. Really, the last bomb in Nasarawa was just a few years away from our church in Nasarawa. But you see, we also are involved with various arms. We are brought into your midst before uh, uh, Pastor Williams and the Christian concern, you know, with what they are doing in Jaws, among those who are persecuted, among those who are persecuted in, uh, you know, the Maiduguri area. We are very much involved in this. Also, we have the uh, brother from India, our pastor from India in Tanaga, you know, the persecution they are going through. When we went into Himalayas Mountain to set a church, no church ever existed there. And the persecution, the minister who went there, you know, was you know, she encountered. But how God also moved mightily that it, it turned to, to conversion of Hindus. We also heard about our work in, in Punjabi. And these people work with swords. And the team of them who were sent to Punjabi, God exhorted them. And a church started in Punjabi. The Punjabis gave a land for the church when they saw the power of God. Also, Benin Republic. Last year, we had uh, a crusade. Our team in Benin went to one of the villages in Benin Republic where the gospel was never preached. They served all the ancestors. And they came to me in Lagos. In that crusade, they got over 60 people saved. And those people told them that don't leave us because of this God you have brought to us. And they gave land. I won't destroy all their idols. And CFT is planted right there, very close to a village called Abome. Abome village is a village where the wall of that town, when they were molding it, they slaughtered human beings and pumped their blood. And the blood of human beings was used as water to, to render and to build the wall. So Abame, every revival that went to, to the Republic could not penetrate Abame. Because of that. Those walls are still standing today. When you stand by the wall of Abome, you are standing by human blood. Because the water used to build the wall is human blood. They did not use water. They slaughtered people, 
pump their blood out, mix it with, uh, with, um, with um, you know, clay, and they built their wall. And they vowed that gospel will not enter. We have penetrated a bombing. Listen to me. But why am I saying this to you? This is 2017. Why did God tell us that it's the time of transformation? Because God is about to bring the church to the beginning. Alright? In the book of Acts chapter 12, when James was killed and they arrested Peter, the church prayed until an angel was sent from God to the prison to release Peter. In Acts chapter 16 from verse 20, you will read about Paul and Silas having been persecuted and they were put in prison. And by midnight, they started singing hymns and praising God. And their praise caused the power of God to visit the prison. And the ground was shaking. There was an earthquake. The Bible says there was an earthquake. I understand from an engineering point of view that when there is an earthquake, there will be deformation of structures and buildings will crack and foundations will give way. But this earthquake did not crack the building, neither did it destroy the foundations of the prison, but it broke the chains. Explain that to me from intellectual reason. You see, what I'm showing you is this. The gospel of Jesus that we receive is more than what you think. It is more than what we think. The heart of the Father for all Christians this year is this. As it was in the beginning, so it is now. We have to, our generation have to make those things happen. We have gone by, you know, um, uh, you know, lobbying. We have gone by all manners of means, trying to get, you know, to nations. But God wants us to also now go with power. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 says, You will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Having said that, I wanted you at this period to understand who you really are. Who you really are. Why is it that the church of God today is crippling when it comes to power manifestation? I want to take you through a few things very quickly, and this will be a deliberation throughout the period. The, the bottom line is that many have not been discipled. Many go to church, but they are not discipled. A disciple is somebody who is an apprentice under another person. And a disciple becomes like his master. Jesus says so. So our heart in the house this very year is to make sure that everybody who passed through this house become like Jesus Christ. Come on, you will be. I say that you will be. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been talking to ministers for the past two, two days. Yesterday we were in um, Brentwood. I was told to share with the ministers for an hour. By the time I finished speaking, it was just three hours. Huh? It was just three hours. I mean, those who were weeping were weeping. Those who were shouting were shouting. Those who were rejoicing were rejoicing. Because we are more than what the devil wants us to believe that we are. We should not be intimidated by anything. 
Because of the blood of the martyrs in Chibok, I told you, we will do crusade in Chibok that will bring Boko Haram to their knees. Yes. Yes. You remember what we did in Ijebuland? And God destroyed the powers that they have boasted over. Satan runs for manifestation of God's power. I said to the minister, it's not only Chibok. When we finish with Chibok, we will go into Syria. If Satan can manifest in Syria, why can't the church of God manifest in Syria? What will, what will people be afraid of? Bullets? We will die anyway. We will die. So if we will die anyway, then we must preach the gospel with the last drop of our blood. Are we together now? We will go to India this year. We'll look at that very briefly. I told Pastor Qatar, he had been telling them all over the place. He says, our people in England are coming. I mean, you know, those Indian members, they are raw. Because when you live among the devil, and now you now accept Jesus Christ, you know the difference. But those of us who live in the United Kingdom, our devil in the United Kingdom is a gentleman. <laughs> He's a gentleman. <laughs> Harmless, you know, he appears, and very socialistic, and uh, very, uh, you know, uh, amicable. Uh, hallelujah. Mm. So sometimes, some, some of you are deceived by that. But those guys are as wicked, even more wicked and more ferocious than the African devils, you know. We have done a few onslaughts here in Devonshire and Cornwall when we had to confront the witches of that area in the United Kingdom. We have done a few in America, in Casadega, which is a land dedicated to Lucifer, a whole borough. This year, we will go into them more. Therefore, what does God demand from you? God demands you to be faithful to his command. God demands that you should be faithful to his command. Let's look at a few ones and you write them down. And then we'll go into those ones deeply through our home group studies. What is the greatest command that Jesus gave us, having been born again? In the book of Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been what? Given unto me. Say, given unto me. Now, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth have been given unto him. Do you believe that? Say, Amen. Amen. Now, where does Jesus lead? Come and answer me. I can hear you. Say after me, I have the God in me. The Almighty dwells within me. That's it. It says, I knock the door of your heart. If you open on, I and my father will come into you. And Jesus wasn't speaking metaphorically. Because Paul went further to say, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, either you manifest God or you are not manifesting God. God is in you after you have been born again. Okay? But so when Jesus said all authority on heaven and earth have been given unto me, where did he say? Therefore go make disciples of all nations. Because Jesus has all the authority and power over every demon, over every government, over every man. 
Jesus said, then you go make disciples of our nation. The word make disciple means tell them about me and those who are born again, you disciple them. What does he mean by disciple? He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, those who are born again. So disciple means, verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Now understand that. What Jesus said to every Christian is this. What you know, teach somebody else. When you know about Jesus, tell somebody else. Alright? So the house of God is a place where people should be taught about Jesus so that they can teach other people. Correct? Come on, let's speak together. Because Jesus said, make disciples, teaching them all I've taught you. So which means that you cannot disciple anybody if you yourself don't know about what Jesus taught. Alright? So therefore, it is your bounded duty to know everything about Jesus. As written in the gospel and the epistles. With the heart that you also want to represent Jesus rightly, not misrepresent him. These are the things that are missing in Christians today that you look as if you are not powerful, some Christians. And we try to use every way we can to achieve what is already freely given, and yet we don't achieve it. Jesus said, teach the nations about me. Don't be afraid to talk about Jesus. Don't care about what people will say to talk about Jesus. Don't care about what your office will say when you talk about Jesus. The same right that gives anybody to believe anything gives you right to manifest your religion. Section 8 and 9. You have the right to manifest your religion. You have the right to talk about Jesus everywhere. I, was, I received a, a letter from the Christian concern. The Crown Prosecution Service of Great Britain are about to pass a law tomorrow morning. When that law goes through, if you say that homosexuality is a sin, you will go to jail. Many of you don't know that. It's going behind us. They have called for all Christians to speak out. That you cannot tell me not to say what the Bible says. We have fought against this beast for more than 10 years in this country. European Union, ECJ, have been the savior of Christians from the laws against Christians in England. But Brexit stopped that. So we got to fight. Alright? The devil is after extinguishing Christianity in the shores of Great Britain. Alright? But nevertheless, that is the reason why we must go and tell the people about Jesus. That is the reason why. What will happen to you if that love, that what they are doing tomorrow, which they are going ahead of, I'm not sure that anybody's protest now can stop it. And then by, by next tomorrow, a few, few weeks' time, it is a law. Will you still be able to say that the Bible says homosexuality is a sin? Anywhere in this country. To do that, you need Jesus. In your knowledge of him. 
You need the knowledge of Jesus. But what happens to people who have the knowledge of Jesus and who speak the knowledge of Jesus? How do we know that you are speaking of God? Let me give you the next scripture. In the book of Mark, If you look at the last chapter of Mark, Mark 16, 19 and 20, it says, after, after the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, this statement, go and make disciples. He was taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Listen to this. They went out and preached where? Where did they preach? Where did they preach? Come on, preach everywhere. Preach in the bus, preach in the tube, preach in the train. If anybody can play guitar and collect money in the train, you can do better. Alright? Preach everywhere. Put on scriptures, write scripture. There is a man who goes to the parliament all the time and he writes on his, on his neck, the end of the world has come and he keeps going. You can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. Jesus is coming soon behind you. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed are those who wash their robes. You can, you can preach the gospel without opening your mouth. Preach everywhere this year. Let the devil hear that Jesus is Lord. Let the nation, let me say this to you. In our country, Great Britain, they can't make laws against Islam. They cannot, because those guys, they speak loud. Okay? I love them, because they stick to what they believe. They will wear that their uniform, either you like it or not. But Christians will dress like heathens. Christians... Muslim girls will cover their faces and be modest. Christian girls will, will come even to church, some of them with their laps open. Come on, who, what are you? Tell me, is it God you are coming to worship or devil? What is inside a woman who is dressing half naked? Especially sometimes I went to praise and worship meetings and I saw Christians, women lifting up hands and saying they were lifting up holy hands. All their breasts is outside, their, their pants is almost showing and they are almost naked. They look to me neurotic. That is my view. Because, tell me how you look, and I will tell you what we were thinking. Nobody wears anything without a thought driving him. So, if a Christian woman appears naked, or a Christian man appears like all these crooks. Okay? Now, tell me, is it Holy Spirit that told you to do that? No. It's not Holy Spirit. Either you are one of those Christians who try to please the world because you want to appease them. You think by, you, you, you have to look like them. Who said that to you? The Bible says, stay clear from them. Be ye separated from among them. That's what the Bible says. A Christian should be a Christian not by word, but by deeds and by way of appearance, by everything that comes out of you. Anything that does not glorify God, you cannot do it and expect God's grace to abound. Not everybody who speaks for Jesus know Him. 
Listen to me. Jesus says, by their fruits, you know them. What fruits are you producing? Your fruits will determine what people say about who you say you serve. If a Christian dresses unchristianly, people will speak against the God you serve. If a Christian is modest in his dressing or hard dressing, people will, they will acclaim your God. Listen to me. If you look at the book of, uh, of Deuteronomy 29, when God began to talk about curses from chapter 28, verse 15, He said in Deuteronomy 29, If any one of you who believes in me, and who says, who reads the word of God, and by reading the word of God, you will invoke blessing upon yourself. If that such a man thinks, I am saved, therefore he goes into the world, and behaves like the world, and he says to himself, I will do my will. And God said, let that man not think he will, be, he will escape from my rod. My curses will come upon him. He said the Lord will single him out to destroy him. A Christian man should look different. What is a man doing with earrings in his ear? Or nose ring in his nose? Don't you know where I came from? It came from the idols my father used to worship. But, it's not fashion. It is devil. Listen to me. You have to stand clear of the devil this year. Come on now. Listen to me. Stay clear of the world this year. Alright? You cannot dangle between two opinions. If God is gone, let's serve him. And if you want to follow the devil, follow him very bad. Whoever you follow determines what happens to you. Listen to me, church. We are not like those who draw back onto perdition. Tell somebody you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth you know will set you free. And the truth you know will set you free. Look at the scriptures. What I'm, what I'm saying, does the Bible say so? Look at the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. This is the Bible. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind, your mind, your mind, your mind. Don't think like the world, think like Christian. Understand that you don't own your body. From the time you gave your life to Jesus, your body has become his temple. Understand that anytime you do not reason with the Holy Spirit as to the act or conduct, you are veiled. Understand that those with veiled faces cannot reflect their glory. I told you when the Lord called me, if God will not move with me as in the Bible, I will remain as a surveyor. Or go and open a law practice now and practice. Huh? Because what makes a lawyer a lawyer is that you know the statutes and you know the case laws and you can quote it. That is what makes you a lawyer, not putting on wig. What makes an engineer is that, oh, we have a problem, you are a bridge engineer. Oh, we have a problem along M2. Uh, because the bridge is always sinking there. And you say, don't worry. You go into your, into your design room and come back with a solution. That is what makes an engineer. I would get What makes a Christian is that what Jesus did, you did it. You preach the gospel, the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised. Not? Joke. Joke. What would be your testimony 
that you are really preaching Jesus if he did not confirm with the signs and wonders. He says they went everywhere and preached. They went everywhere and preached. And God confirmed it with the signs that follow. Let me say something to you. The fact is that God is willing to confirm your word. Okay? But for him to confirm your word, he's validating you as well. But if you live like the world live, how will he validate an appearance that doesn't satisfy him? Because once you have validated anything you do, then people can do it. What about if your mind is not surrendered to God? In many opinions, you just do what you think. And then you preach the gospel. How will Jesus validate your word? Because if it does, you become an example to be followed. This is the reason why many believers talk and it's all history and story. Mm-hmm. And many of you are afraid to go and confront the devil where he dwells. This morning, God wants to call your attention to this fact. You are more than what you think you are, but your mind has to work like what you are. You are a child of God a member of the physical infantry of God, God cannot use angels on earth for battle if a man will not stand in God to command. Will you be that one that heaven can rely upon this year? Will you be the one? And this is what God is saying. So therefore, in closing, it says in that scripture, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, be it transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve <clears throat> what is God's will. How you should appear, what you should do, how you should speak, how you should relate in your marriage, how you should relate with brothers. If you can renew your mind by the word of God, you will. Let me help you understand something. Yesterday I was teaching them in the Virginia waters. You know, in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16, it says, whenever a man... Are you writing down when I quote the scriptures? Good. Because you are going to teach it too. It says, whenever a man turns to the Lord, veil is removed. Yes? There are three veils that cover human beings. Number one veil is the veil that you put on yourself. What you have developed inside yourself as a way, a right way of life, but though it is contrary to the scriptures, but you have convinced yourself that that is the right way. That is the first veil. I said to them that that veil is the hardest for God to remove. You know with God all things are possible? Yes? But you know that God doesn't force a man? Yes? You know that when you bent on your own ways, God cannot help it. Good. So, when a man has a way of thinking, let me give you an example. Relationship between husband and wife, both of them born again. One of the greatest, you know, um, catastrophe that happened to Christian marriage is because somebody felt this is the way it should be. The other person felt, no, this is the way it should be. But none say, this is the way the Bible says. So, a marriage that should be enjoyed will be shipwrecked. I can't understand how you can use your hand to marry a woman and you don't have peace under your own roof. You use your money to pay for rent or mortgage. You brought a woman under your roof 
Why? To give you joy and happiness. And you are making life ridiculous for the woman because you are bent on your own way. No matter how God speaks, you can't understand it. Even if God appears to you physically and says that you are wrong, you will say that I bind in the name of Jesus to God. Because the veil that is self-imposed can only be removed by the one who imposes on himself through repentance. Second veil is the veil of thought party. That is the veil that you grew up with in your family. Maybe in your family they have a pattern of behavior and that pattern of behavior is just not good for society. But the way you were brought up, that's just the right thing. When you were growing up, you had influence of friends and then you derogated from the right thing and you began to follow those friends until the acts that you gathered from those friends became the way of thinking. Alright? The influence of third party or trying to be socially correct, then you, you derogate from God's instruction, and then you built up this social correctness around yourself, and it became just your way of thinking. The same thing with, you know, people who are lazy. Okay? You know, laziness can come from self-imposed veil, or it can come from influential veil. They just believe that's the way of life. How can a Christian be depressed? I can understand. Is it gift of the Spirit? Is the person gift of the Holy Spirit? So something is wrong when a Christian says he's depressed. What is wrong with you is that you have left the Scriptures. How can you not be depressed when you don't know the Bible? Satan is the one who depressed people. And depression comes from a blank thinking. Somebody who had a thought and he don't know what to do with it. He don't know solution. But in God is solution to everything. When you are not full of the word of God, you can be depressed. If anybody is depressed, they say they need deliverance. Tell them they don't need deliverance. They only need to repent. I would gather now. The third veil is the one the devil brings. And that third veil that the devil brings is in second, uh, first, uh, Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. He says, in the last days, many will desert the faith and follow the deceiving spirit. It's the deception of the devil. That last veil, it comes from hell. Then you see, what about veils there for? Whenever a man turns to the Lord, veil is removed. So, what is the solution? Anywhere that you have veiled, if you can truly turn to Jesus, that is to look at the word of God concerning the area of your thoughts. Okay, this is the way I think. What does the Bible say? Oh, we are preaching like this and you write things down. Oh, yeah, I will stop that which I've been doing because the Bible says contrary. That's all God expects of you. Not to argue with God. God expects of you that now I have had, I will change. And when you say that instantly, the Holy Ghost comes and he will empower you. Someone says, I don't want to smoke anymore. I don't want to smoke. Someone asked me that, is smoking really a sin? Where is it in the Bible? You know people who say things like that. Is smoking a sin? Show me in the Bible. You know the answer I I told him? To drug yourself to death, is he a sin? Show me in the Bible. Thou shalt not take drugs. Thou shalt not take Indian hemp. Thou shalt not take cocaine. Show me where cocaine is in the Bible. I said the reason why the Bible did not record those things is because man made them. Full stop. Man made cigarettes. God created tobacco for healing. Man changed it to cigarettes. Is it God who made cigarettes? Have you ever seen cigarettes falling down from heaven? Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Excuse me, somebody. Man made cocaine. 
God created puppies for something better. Man made cocaine out of it. Every drug that man take, man made it to destroy himself. So how would you expect God to regulate what he did not make? He has no reason to do so. His kingdom is not comprised of what people made. So in law, God is not obliged to regulate what man made. Because your generation smoke uh, cigarettes, another generation will come and give God, if Jesus starts, they will smoke something else, start smoking, and they will destroy themselves by any other way. I would gather now. You know, there are some questions they look like, you know, it's a defense. But they're stupid if you look at it. It's just stupid. You can't tell me that why God, why did God, some people ask me before that, why is God allowing people to be killing themselves in Iraq? They are killing them in Libya. They are killing them in Syria. And I said to him, can you, can you, can you tell me the day an angel appeared in the conference, in the meeting that those governments were doing before they decided to kill? Have you seen an angel representing God there? No, even those who decided to kill when America and Europe decided to invade Syria. Did they pray? Did they ask God, shall we invade Syria or not? And God said, invade Syria. No, it is somebody who just said they should invade Syria. When they invaded Saddam Hussein and killed him, is it not a misleading information? Did it come from heaven? How, how can human beings blame God for what God is not part of? Can someone blame you for, you are in England now, can someone blame you for the decision your family made in Nigeria or in Sierra Leone or in, in Togo or in India? And you are in England. So how dare human beings blame God for what men decided and they carried out by themselves? Don't you understand? Every man will stand before the judge. Nobody accused the chief justice of a federation for murder of, that is happening in a, in a federation because he waits for them in the courts. When you kill, they bring you to him. Don't let those questions look to you intelligence. Really, to me, it's foolish questions. Asking why God is looking when this happened. He didn't cause any evil. He blessed mankind. Mankind rejected him. Come on now. I'm finishing. Are you hearing something from heaven? Say to somebody beside you, as for me and my house, the Lord shall we serve. You know, Daniel chapter 12 says that in the end times, those who are evil will be more evil. And it's happening. But it didn't stop there. He said that those who are wise will be more godly. Then we have to make that happen. I want to change the world for Jesus. The only way is to operate like Jesus when I'm on this earth. To the fullest. Do not conform to the pattern of the world. The last thing is don't take grace for granted. Grace is not a license to commit to continue to sin. In the book of Romans 6, 1 and 2, it says, what, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We die to sin. How can we live in it any longer? I'm reading this because some people have come up with a new doctrine of grace that makes like Christians can just do whatever they like. doesn't matter. Grace covers all things. Now, listen to this. It says you can't continue. Grace cannot continue if you decide to derogate. For better explanation, Hebrew chapter 10, 26. And that is, I will say that it is a lettered instruction. What did he say? He says, 
if we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. God will punish a Christian who continue to sin. If you make up your mind to come to church, hear what they are saying, and you go out and do what you think, God will not spare you. Even if you fast without food and water, He will punish you harder. But only a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So anybody who says he's a Christian and he continues to sin, God call you his enemy. He says in verse 28, Anyone who rejects the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? Who has treated, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that was, that, that sacrificed, sacrificed him, sanctified him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? When you go away to commit sin, you insult the Spirit of grace. A Christian, I have told you, which one is easier? To commit sin or to obey God? To obey God is easier. Because when you obey God, you have peace. You commit sin, you, are in, you live in fear. Can I say something to you? I was told about a move of Satan. And I want to say this to parents. If you hear my voice. You know, I'm a love person. And I always say to you, if my member commits crime, I have to go to court and tell the court when I know that he's a criminal. Please jail him. Give him the, the hardest sentence. That's what I must do. Because I have taught you not to. So if you did it, it's because you disobeyed me. And according to the law of God, you must be punished severely, more severely because you know the truth. I was told that there are some youths going about in credit card fraud. And they are invading churches now. Okay? Telling youths, young ones, look at this sneaker I'm wearing, expensive, this expensive, close expensive, and telling those young ones that, come on, you don't have to sweat, you know. You make money. Okay? And I heard that they will just tell them, get somebody who has a credit card. Once you give us a credit card, you'll make money. And some of the Christian young ones are victim of this. And they will go to their friends and ask whether he has a credit card. The friend not knowing what is going on. And tell him that, don't worry, you know, you make money and stuff. And the naive one gives them the credit card. They move the money from one account to the credit card and then stuff. And then they give them money. Listen. I want all of you to listen. First of all, let me talk to parents. If you are a parent and your child is wearing very expensive things and you did not question it which you did not buy for him you didn't question it when that child will be punished you will not be spared by god god will punish you harder for being negligent as a useless parent i'm telling you the truth if i sit in the office of a judge and that is done, you are a contributor. 
Okay? It's to teach his children and also monitor them. If your child is, is putting on expensive things which you did not give him in this church, let me say this. The first day a man came to me and said, Apostle, I want to donate 62,000 pounds. Yes? For the building. I said, sit down. Where did you get the money from? I told you, church in time. He has to show me the contract papers. I prayed over the contract. He got the contract. You don't turn a contract. He's a lawyer and an accountant. Yes. But you're giving me 62,000 pounds check for what? Where? How did you get it? He had to show me everything. Detail of it. I said, okay. And they are paying him 250,000 pounds by the end of the month. So out of the 250,000 pounds, he's giving 62,000 pounds to the church. Why? Because if I collect 62,000 pounds from a man who I cannot stand for and tell them in the law court, this is how he made the money, I'm a joint contributor. You know. I'm not looking for money that will send me to hell or send me to jail or destroy what I built all my life. It is the blessings of God that... that, that If Apostle Williams won money, I got no business. I can practice as a land surveyor. I'm qualified in it. I can practice as a broadcaster. I also have a degree in it. I can practice as a lawyer now. I'm doing my master's in it. I can practice as a bricklayer. As a bricklayer, easy. I come to your fence and I say, Father, I command the fence to fall down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> And the fence balls that I put my card there, Bricky, call me. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. So if your child is wearing something more expensive than you, you need to sit him down and you need to look at his account. You need to look at everything. But any child listening to me here or in the, in the video, you will not escape punishment, I can guarantee you. You say, Apostle, are you cursing me? No, I'm praying for you. That God will let them punish you seriously. If you do that kind of thing, may you not escape in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Before you destroy the name of God, may God quickly put you in the guardroom. Where they will torture you seriously and beat you mercilessly and leave you with a training. If we, your parents did not steal... When I came to England, I was a lance of you and a mapping scientist, and yet I did morning cleaning as a student. Haven't, haven't headed projects of millions for George Wimpy. Road design and construction. I came into this country with my qualification. I did morning cleaning. I worked as a pizza chef. I worked in the, in the kitchen washing plates and washing bowls. I was a graduate, not only a graduate, a professional. I pass through projects in England and I look at it that God, I can do better than all this. But at that time I was a student. I can't leave my school and then go and be doing any, any job. And eventually I did security. I was a security officer to a mortuary. Hallelujah. I love mortuary so much. Because, you know, the mortuary is not the mortuary that they have closed down. You know, my inspectors can't come there because they said there are ghosts. So when I go for security, Everybody around me, they are all dead. I sleep. <laughs> we are all dead. And no, 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 no supervisor come there because they are afraid of ghosts. So, 
Whenever they are looking for someone to go and watch the mortuary, I quickly raise my hand. Send me to the mortuary. Because the other of us are dead anyway. Nobody comes over. So in the morning I wake up, they call me, Alfred, how are you? I say, I'm very fine. Were you watching? I was watching. How can I watch people who are dead? <laughs> what are they going to do? Are they going to steal? These guys are dead and frozen there. I'm watching. Because if they were dead and they are, they are, they are sleeping, how can I watch them down to sleep like them? So we meet. We are... <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen forevermore. Are you with me? And in the same city, I got a job as a land surveyor. O2 reclamation, I did it for Glen service. In the same city, this city that you are standing, the whole of the reclamation of O2 area, I surveyed them for Glen survey. What about the extension of Bikalu line, the rail line? I did it setting out the flying level of that over the, 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 the Blackwater tunnel. I did it. The contract where I was withdrawn, which, which I cancelled rather, I was given the last shaft of, of, um, of uh, Eurotunnel. I was among the survivors invited. What am I saying to you? If you are a young one and you are listening to me, the Bible says, He that wants to get rich quickly gets into many troubles. You have a great future for yourself with honor and dignity. Don't let the devil who have seen some stupid and foolish people bring you to the company of fools and you trash, you trash your future. I expect you to be in the house of commons and become members of parliament. I expect to be ministers of cabinet or ministers in government offices. I expect to be judges in this land. People who decide for the, for the professional price in this land. That is what I'm raising you to be. Don't let the devil deceive you with pennies. So also you young girls, don't let the man who is flinging 50 pounds make you feel that he's rich, he's a poor man. To the extent that you go and sell out your virginity to a useless, stupid, foolish man, and then you bite your fingers, are you with me now? Somebody approach you, open your eyes. If he does not match you, tell him, look for your standard. Somebody said that he had a revelation, tell the person who had a revelation to go and marry the person he saw. Are you understand know what I'm saying? Am I talking to you? All of you who do business, be careful what business they bring to you. Investigate everything thoroughly. Don't do business by faith. Do it by sight and by law. Don't give money to somebody. Let it go from bank to bank. By the way, I said I was going to hint you about the Brexit. Just a little. You know, I told you last year when I was doing my papers on Brexit before all this problem started. Areas where that will be biting in this country this year. One of them is petrol, and it has started. Every imported goods, and they have started. Groceries, it has started. Okay? Beef. If it hasn't started, beef is going to get more expensive as we go into the month of May, March. All right? So, what should you do summarily? Those of you who are doing business with China, because a good number of you are, and bringing goods here. You know, the goods you are bringing from China remains what it is. Until if we do hard Brexit and we move out into WTO, then a higher tariff may come on that. But we cannot talk about that now. Okay? Because that will come about on our mutual relationship. 
But those of you who import those things from abroad know that what you imported last year for $100 is now about $120. Okay, so what do you do? Travel less with your car. Number one, travel more by public transport to reduce your cost for pump. Number two, gather yourself together in groups and buy grocery bulk, not from the high street, but from the village. I will give you some information about places you can buy such. Go to the farm and buy your groceries. All right? So that you reduce the groceries you buy from Lido's and the rest of them. And I'm so glad some of you are doing this. And there's a place, there's a market where they buy wholesale groceries. You can't. That is your vegetables and all stuff. Beef. Go and buy beef from the wholesalers, not from the retailers. Practice it now. Buy a deep freezer where you can keep your, your beef. If, you, if four of you gather together, you can buy a whole cow, cheap. They will skin it for you. They will pieces it for you. And at the end of the day, you will eat real meat, cheap. Rather than you go and buy a tie of cow at uh, almost a quarter of a whole cow. You have to begin to use economic senses to reduce your outgoing. Put in, in your house all the lights in your house, sensors, so that when you come in, they come out, come and when you go out, they go out. Change your bulb. Change your bulb to LED. Yes. If you look at this church, that's what we have done. If you go to all the public places, you go into the toilet, the light comes and you go out of the toilet, it goes off. That's why we, are, we were paying 13,000 pounds here when we first moved into this building for, yeah, for a um, uh, uh, bill, light bill. When we did all what we did, we reduced 13,000 pounds to 2,000 something. Yes, in this church. All right? You know, my, myself, my trustees, we are think tank. They run organizations and we don't mess about with God's money. Okay? If your house, you live life from morning till night, who are you living it for? You turn your light on overnight. What are you afraid of? Demons or angels? Put off the lights. Let the light be off. Okay? Reduce your bill every way you can. You know, some of you take your clothes every, every, every day or two days. You wash them. Put them together in a place by the weekend. Do one wash. These are minor things that you need to do, which will reduce the cost of your, of your expenses. Because now it has increased because of Brexit. Now we haven't Brexited. When we Brexit, I think I will talk to you in March about Brexit preparation. Because when we Brexit at that time, we will have had information about what the Prime Minister is thinking and the area she's thinking. I can tell you all the problems that will come in that area and how you mitigate for that area. But for now, let me say this to you. The book of 1 John, don't forget this, and then we pray. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Shall we read it together? Say it again. How many people are from general headquarters? Let me hear your voice. What about the cathedral? Let me hear your voice. Excuse me, you see massive cathedral people, are, they, their voice, whether they are smaller in number, I don't know, but 
Their voice is like the rushing water. Now let me hear the general headquarters again. Oh, you beat them. Now, together, the Bible says, Blessed are those who read aloud the word of this prophecy. Shall we read that first, John, together? Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Now stand up on your feet. And we're going to lift up our voice to God and pray for strength this year to do the will of God. You heard about these people in Chibuk area who have been suffering. You are here enjoying yourself. A Christian must be able to give at all times to every good work. A Christian should not be a bankrupt. God had promised good things for us this year. But we must walk as Jesus did. Now lift up your voice and begin to pray for strength. Tell the Lord to give you strength so that you walk as Jesus did. Tell the Lord, empower me, O God. Empower me, O God. Help me, Lord, to walk as you did. Tell the Lord, empower me. When I preach the word of God, that there will be manifestation of grace and power. Tell the Lord. And ask God, according to Revelation 20, 21 verse 5, it says, he that, is, he that is seated on the throne said, I'm making all things new. Tell the Lord, transform my life this year. Make new of my life, my heart, my mind, my body, my finances, my family, my church. Transform us. Make new of me, my organs. If you are sick in your body, you need health this year. To be able to do all the work God has assigned you. Tell the Lord, transform my heart. Enable me to operate in my heart like Jesus did. Transform my mind. Help me to catch up with the thinking of the Holy Spirit. That I will think like Jesus thought. Transform my body and give me health. Peter said, above all things, <clears throat> I wish that you will prosper and be of good health, even as your mind, your soul prospered. Tell the Lord, transform my soul. Transform my mind. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. I want us to pray concerning our, uh, just briefly concerning our vision for this year. Okay? Our first crusade starts tomorrow. We'll be in Athens. And that meeting tomorrow is our preamble. We are ministering to ministers from all over, both black and white and, and um, Asian ministers. And um, Pastor Anibaba has gone ahead. And we'll be there tomorrow till next week. The month of February, we will be in Ennis. That is in Republic of Ireland. And the Ennis meeting, you need to put it in prayer. We have ministers meeting and crusade in the evening in Ennis. Then in the month of March, we'll be in Nigeria. We'll be holding the conference 
the first week in Abuja and Nasarawa and visiting the Chibuk region of those kids. And then we'll be in Lagos the following week. And if you look at the month of April, we will be in Birmingham. Birmingham for Jesus. And then in the month of May, we'll be in Berlin. Berlin for Jesus. And that will be for the third week of May. And then the month of July, we'll be going to China. From 5th of July to the end, to the following week. And then, I'm talking about foreign mission now, not just what we're doing here. And then in the month of um, August, we'll be going to India. It will be a great journey for us to visit India as they have been coming here. And then in the month of September, we will be going to Jerusalem again. And those of you who would like to go to Jerusalem, start registering your interest now. Because now a good number of churches that I oversee across the nation, even outside the United Kingdom, are intending to come. Some of them. So we will have a limited space. So if you want to go this year, make sure you register your interest. We will go to Jerusalem in September. And then from Jerusalem, we move into Nasarawa again, and Chibokiria, and then Abuja. We expect that our building that we are building in Nasarawa will have commenced around the month of March. Hopefully, God will enable us to be able to commission it by that time. Now, we come back in the month of October. We are going back to Ennis, and then... In the month of November, Republic of Benin, the land of Voodoo, it will become the land of Jesus. That will be our last foreign mission this year. Now, this is what I want you to pray. The budget that faced this church this year, I ask God on your behalf that God will give this church a tithe of 10 million. Which means that 100 million will be provided into our finances. It doesn't matter what you do. According to what you do, God answers prayers. Now, this is the year that we have to fund most of these uh, nations, all our churches. The major churches in India, we want to buy that their land for them and build the church for them. In Nasarawa, I want to finish the job of Nasarawa because Nasarawa has hospitals and all the rest of these schools and stuff and also a mission house. And we want to do that same thing for Benin Republic. In the city of Benin, Ireland, we want to get them building. They're Berlin, they have been renting building in the, in the, in the high street, we want to get them building. So, we have, we have a lot to do as a mother church. Now, you need to be reminded that the way this church operates, London church, which is the mother church, do not receive any offering from any branch. Alright? Of course... Our structure stipulates that every nation should open an account for administration that every branch send money into the administration. But then, we have been the one helping those nations to grow because when they change the money of the Benin Republic to pound sterling, I don't know how much it will be. We are in rural areas where the money they get is very little. 
I will show you by the week after our project in Jesus City. We acquired 420 acres along the Badon Expressway. And over this last year, we have planted um, plantain in all those areas. Why? So that the money they will yield from that, we can use it for our rural evangelism. We also planted uh, cassava and the rest of it that they used to feed the people. So, you are going to pray for yourself that in this vision of this year, that the Lord will bless you. That the budget for this vision will be met through you. And you tell God, I am part of this house. And you have given this unto us. Alright? Father, bless me so that I may be a blessing. Why you pray that in this venture, all this mission we are going every month, every one of you should go at least to one. Especially in the Benin Republic, which is complete villages and stuff like that. If I have 100 people to go to India, you will not work hard. Because we have about six churches in India as I'm speaking now. One of them in the Himalayas Mountain. It will take 12 hours to, to, to travel from Orisha to Himalayas Mountain. And some of them, you know, the Himalayas Mountain, we will stop where vehicle can take us and we will trek hours before we get to the place. It's a good thing to do. So we're going to pray, Father, open the floodgates of heaven and send your blessing upon us. So we begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Pray that God will give us success in all these trips. Some of you pray for India. Some of you pray for Benin Republic. Pray for Ennis. Pray for Germany. There are other nations like Italy that United States of America, pray for all of them. Sister Dagnet in the U.S. is a link. Pray that God will grant success to all our missions. That the book of Acts chapter 8 will be revisited in every place we go. People will be saved. People will be healed. People will be delivered from the children. And I begin to pray that God will bless you financially. One, so that you can go on this trip, not only that, but you also can be partaker in this project. Tell the Lord, bless me so that I can be a blessing. Empower me, O oh God, for this mission. Now pray for all the outreaches in the UK. You have them in your calendar. Family clinic, marriage seminar. Overcomers Night, Victory Night, the Birmingham Church, Bristol Church. Now we have a foot in Leeds. Pray that God will bless them. Pray for all the prophetic voice ministers in the UK. Up to 250 churches. All those ministers who come here. Who is part of the umbrella of this house. That God will rain his mercy and power upon them. And pray for the PVM ministers across the globe, Cameroon, and all, all the countries, Nigeria, all these ministers all over the globe that we oversee, that God will visit them, God will bless them, empower them, and engrace them. They will take the gospel to the interland. The people that live in darkness, unto them the light of Jesus shall be done. It shall done. Let us also cause every trick of Satan not to prosper. 
Every plan of the enemy against each member of this house will frustrate them in the name of Jesus. Satan will not prevail against our heart. He will not prevail against our mind. He will not prevail against our businesses. He will not prevail against our body. He will not prevail against the plans of God for us. The Bible says, the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan it shall be, as I purpose it will stand. Isaiah 14, 24. Begin to pray. Every plan of the devil against God's plan, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. I destroy every purpose of the enemy. It shall not stand before me. I shall be victorious this year, as God has said. The intention of heaven for me shall be fulfilled. The intention of heaven for my family shall be manifest. The intention of heaven for the church shall be manifest. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I will fulfill the purpose of God in the land of the living. I thank you, King of heaven. We bless you. Lift up your voice and thank God for all your requests and the answer to your prayers. Begin to thank God, Father, the requests I presented before you at the beginning of this year, on the first of this year, I thank you. The Bible says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. He will direct your path. The Bible says, present to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Begin to tell the Lord, as I present my plans to you in this January, I thank you. I thank you the things that I do. I present them to you. My plans will succeed. You will give me a plan to bring them to pass. You will give me resources to fulfill those dreams. Every month for me shall be a testimony. Every day for me shall be a testimony. The God will serve. He says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And you say, God, I thank you as I have asked you. I receive by faith and I give you the praise for it. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' anointed name we have prayed. I want us to pray the last prayer. God showed something to me while we were worshiping yesterday. That the month of September and October is the most significant month for this country. You know, we are all talking about uh, March. But the Lord showed me UK in September and October. Within September and October, some decisions will be carried out. It will be the most significant season of this country. And also the Lord showed me the Prime Minister. And it's like, you know, she began to burn low because health was against her. And then what she intended to do could not, she couldn't do it because she has to quit for health reasons. But we can pray for her health and God can cure her. I would mean that. I have told you, you know, when we talk about voting, you can vote anything you like. But anyone who wins is God who permitted them. So whether you love Brexit or you want to stay in, it doesn't matter. Okay, now they have Brexit before them. Everybody confused, including myself and yourself. Okay, but we need to pray God's intervention. That the decision that will be taken by Theresa May and all those who are around her will be God's will. That's what we want. Whether we are outside or we are going to go back eventually, it doesn't matter. If God's will is for us to go back, they will take the decision that will take us back. Because it's very, very simple. Article 50, once they trigger it, Article 8 comes into play. 
Article 49 allows return. So, whichever way we go, we're going to pray that God fill our prime minister with the knowledge of heaven and all those who work with her, that the decision they will take will be to your glory. Then second, pray for her health, that the devil will not be able to hinder her through health. And then the month of September, whatever it's going to be in this country, God take preeminence over our nation, United Kingdom. Shall we just pray? Our God and our King, we pray thee. Pray for wisdom and knowledge, revelation to our Prime Minister and all those who surround her. The decision they will make, a long line with Article 50, will be your perfect will. That flesh will not drive them. That Satan will not have hold on them. But they will take decision in line with God's will. That will bless this nation. Lord, we pray thee. Pray for the health of our Prime Minister. That God will heal her body. God will give her strength. That Satan will not be able to hinder her by ill health. That God will protect her. And grant her the power she needs. To run through the season God has placed there. The Bible says the plans of the heart belongs to man. But implementation belongs to God. Help also God. Pray for the month of September in United Kingdom. And the month of October. That God will arise in the midst of this nation. In September and October. And, and God will justify his church in this nation and lift up the hand of his church in this nation that God will break out in this nation in mighty power this year Satan will be vanquished this is a Christian nation all mankind will see the glory of God and this nation will return back to the cross of Calvary Lord we pray for the peace of the United Kingdom this is our Jerusalem we bless you our God and King in Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Please, let's take our seats. Let's welcome Pastor Tayo to come and give the announcement. And after the announcement, welcome the visitors. And then we can just...